You're listening to God Stories Radio with Fritz, Mike, and Tina. Bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement through the power of the Christian testimony. Listen live on the Mixler app and follow us on your favorite platform, including iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Radio.com. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Twitter at God Stories Radio. Welcome, everyone, to God Stories Radio. This is session 222. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. What's going on, guys? Thursday night. 222. Two, two, two. Uh-huh. I think I'm on a roll because this is my second time back. Right? <laughs> How about that? <laughs> All the twos are lining up. <laughs> Triple two. I love it. <laughs> two for Tuesday. No. No. Two for Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, What's going on, Mikey? Oh, it's just a, another day in the neighborhood. <laughs> another day in the neighborhood. Uh-huh, it's Thursday night. At, at least he's getting crafty with his know, answers. Huh? Thursday night. Can't wait. Usually when you wake up in the morning on Thursday, can't wait till 7.30. I know. I couldn't wait. Studio's looking really nice Why, in thank here. You. I know. It keeps yeah. moving things around. It's a, acoustically... Uh, more tight now um i have to say it looks super professional thank you yes you're welcome do i sound super professional (laughs) in stereo (laughs) well thank you babe i appreciate that i wasn't sure how you would uh how'd you like that i actually really do like it um you know a lot of you don't get to actually physically see the studio so you don't actually know when we make improvements and upgrades um, but it really has changed over the past year uh, thanks to donors donating um, to God Stories Radio we've been able to do some equipment upgrades and we've been able to do just some better soundproofing improving the quality of the sound overall um, getting on some different platforms too and um, just being able to uh, make a quality product for God's radio station, which is God's Stories Radio. So, All the glory to him. Absolutely. Um, that's the only reason this is this whole show is done, is in order to glorify God. Absolutely. And for you to have a platform to give your testimony, which is God's story written to you, so mm-hmm. that you can share it to others and help touch other people, heal other people. That's God using you and your story in a mighty way. So we just thank you all for standing with us financially, for standing with us in prayer. Yes, thank you. We really appreciate you. We love you. And, um, you know, we just ask, keep those donations coming because the needs are nonstop, you know. Yes, well, especially tax time. Tax time, you know, monthly things you know our software costs money the adobe suite costs money there's just little things that add up absolutely we appreciate it so much but we also are in need of a a bigger upgrade on the big the big boy right sitting on the table over there right our mac has uh really served us well and we're super grateful that it's lasted this long but just to be clear there's a lot of people that have donated already yes and i want just want to let them know that I've been saving. We've been a good good steward, steward. of the money and absolutely and I've been saving for the Mac that I that I want. I need something that runs pretty fast because we multitask in here and we do lots of things. So I need something, you know. And that one there is almost seven years old. Yes it is. God bless it. And uh 
shout out to Jay Orr for coming in here and rebuilding the OS on that thing because it it did die. It did. It did. It and crashed, he did. and he spent a Saturday over here, mm -hmm. and he resurrected it. <laughs> Well, you know, there's a lot of people who actually donate their time um, just to bless God's Stories Radio, and we also try to be a blessing to others. So sometimes your donation dollars will go to help bless other people mm -hmm. who are in extreme situations or have extreme needs. So we're just mentioning this because sometimes you might not know where your donation dollars go, but um, we just want to give you an idea um, just a brief glimpse into the world just so that you understand and you know that it's making a quality product um, to put out there for people to be able to listen to. And it's also touching other people's lives by meeting needs that other people may not be able to meet financially. And it's just uh, it's being a good steward of the money right. by saving as well. It, and it's given those people out there the hope, comfort, and encouragement that they are needing at the time, especially when God brings in certain people at the right time. Um, it's it's just all Father. It's all it's all Him. Amen to that. It's it's been His show all along. Mm -hmm. I'm just grateful that He chose me to be a steward of it. Absolutely. Not that we were anything anything special. <laughs> my gosh, one, one of the biggest introverts I ever was. Oh my gosh, uh -huh. I'm telling you. Well, so. we're definitely nothing special, but he is. Yes, and, you got that right. Um, you know, he's the one touching. He does the use lives. the foolish to confound the wise. Uh huh. I fit that bill. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's for sure. And uh, as far as we know, we're in at least 104 countries at this point. Man, who'd have thunk it? Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. We got some shout outs over there tonight. We do. Mikey, Tina. Yeah. We do. Um, and this person is actually a, a friend of yours and mine. So we want to say thank you to Miss Sarah Dial. Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Oh, thank you, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah, 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 for liking us on Facebook. And anybody else out there? She cleans there? my teeth. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> okay. If anybody out there has not yet liked us on Facebook, please do so. So we won't have that awkward moment for Fritz. <laughs> yeah. That it is. It's a showstopper. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I just love our Facebook family because uh, everybody's collective in one place. And we right. can communicate and share prayer requests and and uh, encouragement all in one spot. Mm -hmm. It's great. So uh, what else was I going to say? Well, I might remember it. Anyway, any other business? It's just Jesus no business. business. just Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you so much. Who's thank introducing you. our guest today? I can. I mean, uh, this guy. Uh, you can? I can. Two can. <laughs> two, two, two. Uh -huh. It is two, two, two. Yeah. Well, is that significant in any way to you? You did share something in the kitchen. We'll get back to that. This guy here tonight, we've been trying to get for, I don't know, over a year, maybe? No, I don't think it's been that long. Hadn't been that long? Six months, eight months? We'll go with six months. Okay. We'll go with six it's months. It's all in God's timing. It is. But uh, I'm not going to steal a lot of his thunder because uh, I met this brother at First United Methodist Church, and, and he does a lot of things for the Celebrate Recovery Program, and I'll let him talk about that. But we just uh, had kindred spirits, and we've just had some amazing talks and, and uh, have uh, struck up just an amazing friendship and uh uh, I just I just love him to death, and I, I'm so glad that he's here tonight and he joined us. And I just want a big shout out to uh, Pastor Don and the crew over there that's running Celebrate Recovery tonight, and they allowed him to come and be with us tonight, and it's a big honor. So we appreciate it. So without further ado, I give you Mr. Tommy Moore. All right, All right. Welcome, thank you, Tommy. Tom. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> so uh, just start off with my testimony. So. Absolutely, let the spirit lead. Okay, well. For me, um, I was born into a middle-class family, and uh, my dad worked at uh, Martin Marietta at the time. It's called Lockheed Martin now, and my mom was a school teacher. And uh, my brother and I, uh, you know, were born in Orlando, Florida. And, um, you know, a lot of times when you hear about bad things happening, a lot of times you'll think that, oh, it must have been in the parents or it must have been, you know, uh, you know, some kind of stereotype. But I actually grew up in a middle class home. And what happened to me was uh, as a young boy, 
I was molested by a neighbor and um, I became very bitter, became very angry. And uh, I just started hating everything and everybody. And uh, I found as I grew up a little bit older uh, that drugs and alcohol would numb that. Mm. It would kind of take away that uh, that feeling of shame, that feeling of um, confusion. I didn't know if I was gay, if I was straight, I was mm. just a boy. And, um, and drugs and alcohol seemed to numb that. And uh, so I started using drugs at a young age and I, I got out of control. I, I, I know that I have an addictive personality and I'm all in or I'm all out. And uh, I started, you know, abusing uh, drugs and alcohol and I started stealing from my family. I started uh, beating my brother up. I became very angry towards anybody and everybody. And about, I'd say about 15, maybe it was 13 or 14, my parents just couldn't take it anymore. So they took me to a program in Orlando at the time. It was called Straight. And Scared Straight was my first experience with uh, with a kind of violent, um, in-your-face type uh, of approach to getting sober. And the first chance I got, I hit the door and uh, jumped the barbed wire and got out of there. And I remember calling my parents and, and begging them, saying, I, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll stay, I'll stay clean. And my dad was saying, well, how are you going to do that? And I said, I, I just know I can. Just give me a chance. And he took me directly back to straight at the time. And uh, the next opportunity I got, and, and, and this is one thing that I thank my parents for because they drew the line. They actually held healthy boundaries and they said, you're not going to live under this roof in this way. And if you're, if you're going to live under our roof, you will complete a program. And so the next time I got an opportunity, I got, I jumped the fence again. Mm. And this time I knew I couldn't go back home. So I found myself at 15 years old living on the streets of Orlando. And uh, I can remember sleeping behind a garbage dumpster. And the reason I remember it so well is because I was scared. And, uh, and I woke up the next morning with bug bites all over me. So I, I learned that you, don't ne you, you never want to sleep behind a garbage dumpster because mm -hmm. that's where all the bugs hang out. Well, I wandered down Forest City Road at the time, and I wandered into this church. Uh, it was a Christian center church, and I had no idea what was happening. And at the time, it was kind of just starting off. It was back in 86. Uh, and um, the pastor was named Pastor Benny Hinn. And he took me in to his church, and he sent me to Bradenton to a program. And it was the first time I met Jesus at 16 years old in Bradenton, Florida. And I started to just fall in love with the Lord. And Benny, God was had an anointing on my life at the time. And I remember Benny was going to train me up. He was going to send me to Oral Roberts University. And uh, he was kind of a mentor to me at that time. Now, a lot of people have different thoughts about Benny, uh, you know, all I know is he helped me when I was on the street. Mm -hmm. That's all I can tell you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, everything else I don't know. Um, but the funny thing is, is I don't, I, I don't even talk to him now because I'll get into that in my story. But so what happened was I ended up graduating this program and I was in love with Jesus. I love Jesus with all my heart, but I did not have tangible support around me. I didn't have Christian brothers and sisters around me. So when I got out of the program, it was almost like I had nobody there tangibly to stop me or to talk to me. And uh, I started having premarital sex with a, with a girl. I was uh, 18 or 19. And I said, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm not going to go to church and raise my hands and praise God and then go live in sin. I'm just not going to church. And so I left the ministry. I, I didn't return any phone calls from Benny, and I left. And I went into what I like to call my functional uh, alcohol and drug use. Mm -hmm. uh, I held down a job at Central Florida Lincoln Mercury as a mechanic uh, from 20 to 29. And so I thought, well, everyone does this. I only uh, do cocaine on the weekends, and, and I do marijuana and, and alcohol every night, but everyone does that. So what I didn't realize at the time was all the mechanics would go have a beer after work, but after about an hour, the other mechanics would go home to their wives and families, and I would stay and finish their beers. 
So uh, I was a true alcoholic. And I remember I got my first DUI in 1995. And I remember looking out and just crying and saying, I'm never going to drink and drive again. I'm just never going to do it because I thought my mechanic career might be over. And so um, I didn't for about a month. And then after a month, I slowly, gradually got back into drinking and, and driving. And uh, in 1999, uh, I remember, I'll never forget, I had a, a pregnant girlfriend at the time and she had come over and we had a fight. We were having a barbecue out on the lake. My dad lives on a lake and she said, you know, you'll never see your son. And uh, we had this big brawl out fight. And I, the only thing I knew how to do was drink. I knew that that numbed it. And I went and drank. Uh, but I didn't actually make it home that night. That night, uh, on my way home, I had a car accident and uh, someone was killed in the other car. Mm. And um, I remember waking up the next morning and my mom coming in and saying she didn't make it. And I just remember like looking out of the out of my back door, my parents' back door, and they had, we had a pull-up bar in the backyard. And I thought that, you know, I need to end my life. And uh, God had different plans. I didn't end my life, but I'm trying to make this as, as concise as possible. But I remember as a result of that, I was sentenced to 11 years prison, uh, uh, four years probation, lost a driver's license for life and restitution. And so I entered into uh, the Florida Department of Corrections in uh, June of 2000 which is my sobriety date. Um, and uh, I, I entered into doing an 11-year prison sentence. And I remember when I first entered into the uh, prison, they were having like a little two or th two or three on three fight in a, in a corner because the prison had a, a corner, which was a blind spot. And that's where everybody kind of went. And I remember looking at my window and thinking, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to survive this experience, but uh, God showed me favor. I came back to find Jesus while I was in prison. I started seeking him. I started asking him, what can I do to make myself better? I knew that if I had any opportunity at all uh, in this free world, when I got out, it would have to come through me finding some kind of education. And so I started taking uh personal fitness trainer courses just because that's all I could get my hands on. And my brother got a hold of it. My brother is uh, pretty, pretty uh, high up. He's an executive director for the Chicago Board of Options Exchange in Chicago. And he sent me a letter and he said, Tommy, I hear that you're taking uh, courses. And I said, yeah, I said, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to get better. I just doing what I can. And he said, I'm going to uh, if you're serious about this, he said, I will send you a uh, college for incarcerated Ohio University was the university. I'll send you one course and I'll pay for one course a year if you get A's. And I said, absolutely. And the next thing I knew, I got a contract in the mail that uh, I had to sign. And so my brother started paying for one course a year if I got A's. And so I took courses through Ohio University uh, college courses in business. And I started to find that I really enjoyed business. I enjoyed, uh, uh, to me, it was a soap opera. You know, I would look at financial statements and then I would watch the uh, CEOs talking about what they were doing and their finances were not matching up. And, and I just really enjoyed it. So I can remember getting out in 2009, I had served... I served nine years, three months on 11 year prison sentence. So I did almost a decade. I did all of my twenties in, um, or excuse me, all of my thirties went in at 29. I came out at 39 in the Florida department of corrections. I remember when I got out in 2009, cause I'm trying to get to the good part. When I got out in 2009, I went to Lake Sumter community college and I said, Hey, I'm, I'm out. I want to get back in school. I'm ready to do something with my life. And, they sent me home and they said, no, uh, we're, we're not going to accept your application. And I remember coming home, but instead of going to alcohol and drugs, like I literally called my support team. I had a support team at the time through Alcoholics Anonymous. Celebrate Recovery had not been established at First United Methodist. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, but this was 2009. 
So I did call, I did call my pastor, Pastor Doug and Pastor Dawn and ask for prayer. And the very next morning, the lady called the admissions person called and she said, I've worked here for 20 years. She said, I've never seen this, but they're going to give you one semester on probation. So that's all I needed. You know, granted, you got to remember, I lost my license for life. So I rode my bike from East Avenue to Lake Sumter, which is about six miles. And I rode that every day to get to earn my associate in arts degree. And then I transferred to the University of Central Florida. And what was interesting about this is the University of Central Florida is in it is in East Orlando and I live in Claremont without a driver's license. Well, glory to God, he made a way again. There was at this time, this was between 2011, 2013. At this time, a bus ran from Orlando, right to downtown from Claremont, right to downtown Orlando, straight shot. It's not like now where you do the stops and went in the winter garden. This took you right to the, to the bus station, downtown Orlando. Then I would transfer from downtown Orlando to another bus to take me to East Orlando. So I rode five hours a day, five days a week for two years to earn my uh, bachelor in science business administration, financial management degree. Wow. From there, I prayed and I saw God and said, I don't understand. Like everyone was telling me, like, why are you in finance? They're not going to let you. No one's going to let you work in finance. Why are you seeking finance? You're a convicted felon. You don't get, they, people don't let convicted felons handle money. It's just the way it is. And I, and all I could say is, I don't know why. I can't tell you why. I can just tell you that God's got me in finance. I can't tell you why. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up earning my master's in business administration from Florida Institute of Technology, uh, in financial management. And, and I, and, I moved on to North Central University where I'm at now, and I'm in pursuit of a PhD in business administration, financial management. Well, the reason I'm trying to get this out quick is because I don't say this to brag. I I say this to let people know that what man says is impossible. God makes possible. Amen to that. And so, and so what happened was my first year, and by the way, I'm glory to God, I'm in my dissertation. So God willing, by this time, 2020, I will have a PhD in business administration, doctor. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping people call me Dr. T instead of Mr. T. <laughs> but, um, uh-huh. Luke 1 verse 37 says, for nothing is impossible with God. Amen. And so, and so, so to kind of flip back. I kept saying, I don't get it. I don't, I can't tell you why. And I would literally have people in the industry telling me, you will not be licensed. FINRA will not license you. Stop. And I kept telling them, I can't tell you why. I just know I'm doing it. Well, uh, 2017, two years ago, my dad and mom came to me. I had been one year into my doctorate degree. And they said, hey, will you look at our retirement? do you mind looking at our retirement? And when I looked at it and I ran the numbers on it and I actually did some uh, analysis of the data, I found out that they were entangled with some uh, insurance salesmen that were selling them products that were high commission products that were very complex products. And glory to God, we were able to move my parents from these advisors to true fiduciaries mm-hmm. and now I monitor their portfolio and 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 I'll never forget dad coming to me and saying I truly believe you're on my team and this took 7 years I thought dad I've been out of prison for 7 years but it he waited till I was into the my first year of doctorate degree before he invited me into the family finances so I knew at that point, I said, that's, that's why I went. It wasn't to earn some corporate job or be, have some corporate title. It was to restore my relationship with my dad. That was the purpose. Mm. And so I've often even questioned, okay, now that's done. Why am I still going? But to be honest with you, I've actually had people ask me that. But to be honest with you, at this point, I'm, I'm in the red zone. I mean, I'm writing my dissertation. Why would I not finish? You know? Right. 
Um, but I truly, Father will take care of that. Yeah, I truly believe that the purpose of that was for restoring my relationship with my family, and that has that has happened as a result of that. Amen. to to come back to celebrate recovery and then i'll kind of wind it up i don't want to take too long here but to come back to celebrate recovery in 2012 uh they had approached me pastor dawn and pastor doug and they said um they said we're thinking about opening up a recovery program and uh we um we need someone with recovery experience well you know at the time i had you know 12 years. I mean, you know, I've been clean since 2000. I've been working recovery since 2000. Uh, and, and, and I never, and I've always told people don't discount recovery in prison because in prison, you can get everything mm-hmm. that you can get out here. There were many nights that I laid up on the bunk and, and would smell the marijuana coming up from my bunk mate. Uh, when all I had to do was ask him, can I get a hit of that? So I never discount that sobriety time. That was good sobriety time. But um, but at the time they said, we need someone with, with some experience. And I had about 12 years. So I came in and I said, well, I'm going to lead the first group of leaders through. And then I'm going to bow out. And that was my plan. And uh, God had different plans. So we, we ended up uh, with our first graduates was four. We had four men graduate. And we started uh, with two groups. We started with two women's groups and two men's groups. And uh, right now we're at 12 groups and we uh, we average between 80 and 120 people every Thursday night. So it's it's turned out to where we provided a safe place where people can come and share their struggles with other people. So we're gender specific, issue specific. So you're going to be sitting in there with other women that are dealing with issues. And I had a woman call in. And what's interesting about our church is usually all of the calls that are issues end up getting diverted to me. So if, if someone calls a church with an issue, like I generally get it. And a lady had called and she said uh, she had just lost her son uh, that week in a car crash. And her son was 20. And she says, do you have a boy? Do you have any children? And I said, I do. I said, I have a son that's at the University of South Florida right now. And she said, and, and so he's still alive. And I said, he is. And she said, then how can you possibly know what I'm going through? And I said, you're right. I can't. I said, but there are other women there that can. There are other women that have lost their children that are in that circle that I'm just going to plug you in and walk away. And really, that's what we do there. So uh, in wrapping up, I, I, I also want to say that God... Because people told me all the way through, you're not, how are you ever going to work? How are you ever going to get God's, how's, how are you, how is God going to, you know, allow you to go into finance? Well, the church hired me on full-time staff as a Celebrate Recovery Ministry Leader. And in 2018, a close friend of mine, uh, he's a uh, instructor now at the University of Florida. He's getting his PhD in counseling came to me and he said, you know, he said, I, I'm just always working for these people and I'm not making any money. And, <laughs> and I said, well, you should just start your own business. And he said, well, I would if I knew how. And I said, well, I know how. And so we started our own business. It's called Priority One Coaching, Counseling, Consulting. It's across the street from the Citrus Tower. And uh, glory to God. And uh, we now have one PhD of uh, a clinical director who is a professor at Southeastern University. And we have my partner and two other therapists and myself as a coach. And glory to God, he's arranged it to where we have about 265 clients now. So we opened in uh, January of 2018. And it looks like right now that we're going to be closing the books in 2019 debt-free, paying off our last uh, our last little bit of debt. And we'll be starting 2020 in the black uh, with a zero, uh, but it'll be debt free. So so going on from 2020 on, we should be should be able to start showing some profit. But what's interesting is that is that we we open priority one specifically to help our community. And so we actually see people at reduced rates. I, I see people for as low as 30, 40 dollars. 
my business partner usually doesn't go under 80, but the point is that we do see people at reduced rates. And, uh, and so God actually allowed me to use that knowledge I had to both help run Celebrate Recovery and open up a new business. And I just had a friend uh, ask me about another proposal uh, that he wants to open up coming up. So God's continually, continually using me in a way that, uh, that I, I just want to let people know that if you feel like you're hopeless, but you still have breath, then there's still hope. When I was sentenced to 11 years in prison, and I was thinking tomorrow I'm waking up and I'm getting on a prison bus to take me to a prison, I felt pretty hopeless. But if you have breath in you and you still care breathing, then there's still hope. And that's what I want to relay tonight more than anything, that no matter what your circumstance, no matter what your situation, if you can take breath in and breathe breath out, God can change that circumstance and he will if you give him the opportunity and you surrender your life to him. So, you know, I kind of bounced around a little bit, but that's pretty much my story in a nutshell. <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh -huh. Wow, there was I couldn't write fast enough. There's so many yeah. nuggets in there. I'm telling you, oh, just, absolutely. Uh, wow. <laughs> Whoa, God can make a way where there seemingly is no way. Absolutely. Don't tell a He's man not that, done yet. that can't drive for life that he can't go to school at UCF. Yeah. I mean, wow. So your son, he's yes. you said at University of Central Florida, South Florida, South Florida. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. And what's he majoring in? Uh, computer science. Nice. Yeah. So, I mean, it must be a real source of joy for you to, you know, go from the situation you were in to now being able to kind of help mentor your son and and see him living his life and, and growing himself. Yeah, my son is actually a musician. He plays the piano oftentimes for Celebrate Recovery. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, he, so he's involved I didn't in know ministry that. that's too. Awesome. Yeah, he is. That's he's cool. uh, well. I tell you, I have to be honest with you. It was a very difficult transition because I missed the first ten years of his life. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah. So when I came back and he was ten years old, I overcompensated, mm -hmm. and I just wanted to be in every intricate detail, and I smothered him, and you know, and uh, it, there was a point where it was just like hey dad I'll, I'll, you know chill get off me you know <laughs> uh, so so it's been a balance for me to show him how much I really love him as well as and 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 I want to give God the glory here too and and even thank his stepdad uh, his mother married a, a stepdad his stepdad and his stepdad was a fantastic guy wonderful and so I was blessed in the fact that that he was raised in a, in a good healthy home right. Um, but but there was a there was an a, a, an ad adaptation I guess I'll say that I had to come home to that he you know he's been calling this other guy dad for a long time mm -hmm. and now I'm home and I had to kind of be able to just show him love and and mm -hmm. I think I was able to do that uh, tell you real quick well you know what I'm not going to share that because I, that's his his stuff to share but God allowed me to lead my son to the Lord. Oh, wonderful. And so that was a blessing. Wow, in, in there that, you go. All right. Yeah, we had a, a serious talk, uh, and it, during, through that talk, mm -hmm. uh, he gave his heart to God. So I've often said that, you know what, Lord, you gave me the best wish of all, allow mm -hmm. me to lead my son to the God. And and what's interesting is is God a lot, God opens these doors where I do get to go talk at venues. Mm -hmm. and, and I often tell them, Often, whenever I do an altar call, and I do altar calls whenever I do my testimony at venues, I don't say bow your head and raise your hand if you want to give your heart to God. I say with all eyes open, if that's you, get up and walk up here because I want you to proclaim it in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. I don't want everybody's yeah. heads bowed and we're going to slowly raise our hand. Yeah. We're going to get up here and come up here and show everybody. Be proud of it. Amen to that. And, uh, and God's... <laughs> God's just allowed me the the privilege to lead many people in the sinner's prayer. But of all things, he allowed me to lead my son one-on-one -on -one 
in the sinner's prayer. That's what I'm talking about. And and what about your relationship with your dad? What's that like now? It's amazing. We're actually going to a uh, investor conference tomorrow for the weekend over at Champions Gate, mm-hmm. uh, American Association of Individual Investors, and we both belong to that organization. So mm-hmm. we're going to a three-day conference together, and we've put together the uh, schedule. And uh, we're going to go have a good time. I, 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 I keep him from spending money. Uh, <laughs> I, I, he's, already, he's already talking about we need to buy the lectures. I said, we haven't even heard the lectures. Why do we need to buy the lectures? You know, but uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. And, and um, you know, I also just want to say while you open that door that, um, you know, God allowed me to have an amazing wife. Mm-hmm. And I have a little daughter now that, oh. and, and my wife and daughter, it's, it's her biological daughter, but she's my daughter. I take care of her like my own. Right. And, uh, you know, I, my wife is from Venezuela mm-hmm. and, and, and they're having a lot of turmoil over there. They and are. Yes. She was, yeah. um, she was working at a, a restaurant in town. And I don't have permission from uh, these people, so I won't say the restaurant name, even though they probably don't care. They probably wish I would. But the point is, I like to get permission if I ever use anybody. Mm -hmm. And um, she was working in a restaurant, and uh, she had prayed the week before I came in. And she said, God, if you don't want me to have somebody, then that's okay. I'm okay. I I surrender. I just, I don't need anybody. And then the very next week we met. So it was really cool because uh, she's been a super support for me. Mikey. Yeah, she's been a super support for me. And she just, uh, she's just on it. She doesn't take any of my garbage and she just is there with me. I remember being in the hospital and all these people were coming in the hospital with, you know, mask on because they, the test hadn't been run yet. And she just crawled right up in bed with me, you know, and I was like, Hey, there no tests run yet. She's like, I don't care. So, you know, I just want to give her a shout out because she's been my, one of my biggest supports and one of my biggest fans. She, she allows me to pick up that phone at midnight. Sometimes there's times where, you know, uh, working with addicts and alcoholics, it gets really, uh, sometimes it gets really ugly and, she she stands back there in the background saying it's okay go ahead you know mm-hmm. so you know she's just the perfect woman wonderful that's great to hear and i'm glad that you have another chance to experience fatherhood with um your child being younger yeah you know what i mean so you kind of get to capture some of those years again yeah it's pretty cool yeah wonderful amen to that wow wow that inspired me <laughs> I know. Good I'm like, gravy. gosh, you know, most people just take education for granted. Right. And it's like, you know, I think about my life and I think about, wow, I really wish I was able to complete certain aspects of my education. But, you know, <laughs> it never happened. Um, and here's somebody against all the odds that pushed through. And got into a an educational process where people told him that nobody would ever hire you and why are you in finance and mm-hmm. the, uh, you know oh man, what a story yep yeah God I've, often, good. I've often said that you know the reason i'm in finance is because even if i'm digging ditches i know how to make money with money so you know <laughs> every paycheck i get i'm going to make some money with that paycheck so you know it That's, doesn't matter where i'm at i say hand me the shovel you know hand dr t the shovel you know what i mean i'll <laughs> I'm okay with I that. I love it. Yeah. It's really more of a personal goal at this point than anything. So. Amen. Well, congratulations. Well, yeah, yeah right? Accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. It's and awesome. I'm glad to see how the father has knitted your story with your dad and your son, you know, because those male relationships are really important. Yes, you they know? are. So it's really cool. Do the three of you guys do stuff together? We do. We do. Uh, and not as often as I would like. But again, you know, he's a, a sophomore at college. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I often tell him, listen, when you're coming home, please text me. Like I find out from his friends. Oh, yeah. Dylan was over here. Well, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't get the text, you know. So when he comes up to play on Thursday nights, that's when I see him every so often, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. not every Thursday. But uh but yeah, we have a big Celebrate Recovery uh, conference coming up next weekend, 
and he's going to be playing for that. Uh, the latest count was 673 people. Wow. Uh, they're looking at, a, they're uh, planning for 800. And so the band uh, of the Celebrate Recovery Band is going to do the first song set and the Welcome Back from Lunch song set. And my son's going to be involved with that. So I've never had the privilege to hear him play. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah he's really good. That's going to be awesome. Yeah. Well, I assume Craig Craig Freely is on that yeah. music oh, worship yeah. and too. And, uh, and yeah. Noel. No. And uh, Elijah. Is it Elijah? Elijah. Yep. It'll be uh, Elijah and Bo and Noel and uh, Dylan and Craig and Fantastic. Nancy. Wonderful. Yeah. And maybe another guy out. And for a treat. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a great time. It's an amazing program. Yeah. Like, you know, I've never heard anything negative, always very positive things about Celebrate Recovery. Yeah, those are my peeps, man. Yeah, <laughs> me, me and Mikey. Yes, that's where Save we met. my life. I'm yes, telling you, that's where we met. You bet. Mm-hmm. Yep, the two of them actually met at a Celebrate Recovery. That's which awesome. Is cool. Yeah, and uh, that's a story in itself. Yes, you have to it go is. Back and listen to the testimony, but uh, <laughs> you'll 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 come to find out what tired means. Uh huh. You don't already know. You know, <laughs> I'm pretty he sure mentioned. he's experienced. I'm sure, tired. He has heard, I'm sure he has heard the phrase. I'm, yeah, in I'm his tired. testimony, he mentioned that he was looking to in things yeah when he went into the prison yeah absolutely sure yeah yeah you know the the i didn't want to linger on the uh past uh, but it is part of who i am i mean you know that uh part of who i am is where i've been and uh and god's and god's used it in great ways i mean one of the one of the best things i think about my experiences is allowed me to to you know call people out when they need to be called out <laughs> and um and you know and and i've often told people i've often fired a lot of people as sponsees they asked me to be their sponsor and i tell them to go get five numbers and text five guys and if they come back to me and they haven't text those five guys then uh I fire them. I don't, I'm not going to be their sponsor. And uh, just real quick, I'll tell you, one of the reasons I do that is because when I first got out of prison, I was a basket case. Like I was literally sitting on my bed waiting for count time. And my mom would walk by and be like, are you okay? And I'm like, well, I'm just waiting for count because I had been institutionalized. Mm -hmm. I'd spent a decade in there. And I was a basket case and I had, 11 phone numbers 10 or 11 phone numbers and let me tell you when i called people were not picking up and i don't blame them i mean i was a i was a wreck so you know i was angry at, at for a minute because i was like this caller id thing happened while i was locked up now no one wants to pick up the phone everyone knows it's me <laughs> but but i have to tell you a funny story about that is i called my sponsor he didn't pick up I called the next guy on my list. He didn't pick up. I went down my list. I made seven phone calls. Nobody picked up the phone. But I stayed sober because the time it took me to make those seven calls, mm -hmm. my mind didn't want to drink anymore. It had passed. It wow. had passed. And so I often tell people, I give credit to those seven people that day for keeping me sober, and not one of them said a word. So I often tell people, if you can get a phone number and you can just dial that number, dial the next number, dial the next number, just the time lapse. You have a better opportunity. You have a better percentage chance of staying sober just by continuing to call the next person. So my first assignment as a sponsor is you get five phone numbers and you text all five people and say, Hey, my sponsor gave me this number, whatever. Have a great day. That's fine. But I want to see all five texts because I want people connecting with other people and not depending on one person because I'm not available. I have a family, a kid, a life. I love you, but I can't be available all the time. Well, you're not their Jesus, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and, but, 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 you know, I think there's so, there's such an importance to physical connectedness mm -hmm. because even though I love Jesus with all my heart, I, I needed that physical person there to remind me, hey, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Jesus loves you. Let me physically touch you and hug you. And so I believe that personally, I believe that Jesus works through people and that, that, that you know, 
having those tangible bodies around you is gives you a better opportunity than isolating and say, well, God's got it. God's going to take care of it. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah, he's going to take care of it, but let's get up and take a step and let's like move, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, so I'm a big proponent of of uh, support, support groups and, and support and not just kind of, you know, Jesus has got it all. I do believe mm-hmm. he does. Don't get me wrong. But I believe that he uses people as well. Yep, that's putting flesh on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Satan wants you alone. He wants to isolate you. That's it's absolutely you. Yeah, absolutely. Dirtbag. It's easy to get isolated too when you're <laughs> down is. in the dumps. Yep. Yep. And and what happens all too often that I see is that it doesn't happen right away. Mm-hmm. You slowly yeah, right. drift mm-hmm. away from the process. You bet. And every person, I, I, I didn't tell you this either. There's a lot I didn't tell you because I wanted to, you know, it's, it, God's running <laughs> it, but I wanted to be concise with it. But when I first got out, I interviewed people from AA. Now, this is, didn't have anything to do with Celebrate Recovery, but I interviewed people from AA that had at least 10 years sobriety and went back to drinking. Because I was afraid, I had just done 10 years in prison, and I was afraid I'm going to go back to using. I want to find out why these people with long-term sobriety went back and used. And every one of them had something different. It was Everyone was different, but there was one common denominator. And I'm talking, about, I'm talking 15 people I talked to. Mm-hmm. And that common denominator was they stopped going to meetings. They just mm. stopped going to meetings. Yep. And it didn't happen right away. It, and one guy said he stopped going to meeting for years before he relapsed. Mm. It didn't happen right away. But there's something about being around somebody mm-hmm. that gets it. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's what Celebrate Recovery does is it puts you with people that get it. You're struggling with anger. This guy gets it. You're struggling with abuse and being abused. This woman gets it. I mean, you're struggling with codependency. These people get it. And so you're struggling with drugs and alcohol. We get it. And, and, and I was talking to somebody the other night, the other day, and she said, well, what differentiates your firm from all the other counselors in Claremont? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, it's, it's me and my partner that differentiate our firm. We get it. We understand that craving that you're feeling. So I'm not just somebody that's just, you know, oh, well, let's talk about this. And they said, it, you know, they did a study on this. Like, I get it, dude. I understand it. I get it. And this is how we, this is how we beat it. So, um, so that's one of the things I like is, is, is there's something about talking to somebody that gets mm-hmm. it versus talking to somebody that really can't relate to you. Right. So that's the power in your story too, because all that stuff in the past dictates how you help in the future and you, you, under, you get it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. There's no other way to say it. I get that. You for get sure. It? I do. You got it. I got it. Get it. Good. I have two other questions for you. I'm, you a, I'm, I'm open. I appreciate your. I appreciate. I just it. appreciate everybody that's hanging out on Mixler with us. Yeah, I see Robert no Herman, Joe Ormsby, and there's two or three other people. And if you follow us on Mixler, I can actually see who you are. So I'd love if you would do that. But thank you for joining us tonight. This is this is a great one. Go ahead, babe. So I just wanted a little more clarification sure. regarding your business. Yes. So what what is the service that you're offering? Because I wasn't quite clear. It is like it is licensed mental health therapy oh, okay. but it's also life coaching uh-huh. and i do business coaching and financial coaching wonderful so uh a lot of people can't they don't differentiate the difference between uh mental health therapy versus coaching mm-hmm. but mental health therapy kind of takes you back in into the past and kind of reprocesses stuff mm-hmm. where coaching kind of says how are you doing now and where how do we get you where you're trying to go Mm -hmm. so a lot of uh, i'm a certified life coach and Mm -hmm. so a lot of what i do is i don't really go back and deal with the past Mm -hmm. we may go back to the past because there are things there but i'm bringing you back to the present Mm -hmm. how are you doing now and what do we need to do? So it's a lot of goal setting. What do we need to do to get you to where you're trying to get to Mm -hmm. versus let's go back when you were a child and crawled under the table and let's process that. Mm -hmm. Now, the cool thing is we do have licensed mental health therapists. We are licensed Mm -hmm. and we are under, uh, we are under HIPAA. So we are licensed. So we do have those 
uh, practitioners in our office. Mm-hmm. I'm not one. I'm not a licensed mental health therapist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so we offer both services. So we offer if you're looking for, hey, don't really want to deal with my past. I want to handle now and going forward. Right. We have that. And we also offer, hey, I really need to go back and deal with my past. We have that as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So. so now I want to ask you a question about your past. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> so um, and if you're not comfortable discussing it, I'm I'm totally understand but you know as a victim of sexual abuse as a child yeah i mean i think it's it's a hard thing to overcome absolutely it's it's, it really messes with your mind and it's kind of hard to rebuild any kind of normalcy Mm. after that how how did you deal with it and and what helped you the most and have you been able to kind of put your life back together from that yeah so thank you for the question so uh what helped me the most was giving it to jesus and asking him for help uh the second thing that helped me after that was the steps one uh part of the steps is uh offering your forgiveness you make a list of all persons who had harmed you or who you have harmed and then you offer forgiveness to that person mm-hmm. and um i can remember the uh I couldn't forgive and I prayed God help me to even want to forgive like I don't even want to forgive like I asked God help me to show me how to want to forgive that's where I started and God over time and through my sponsors and through work uh allowed me to forgive and and i didn't go to the person and speak to him mm-hmm. uh i i ended up uh writing a letter and i ended up burying the letter mm-hmm. and so and i walked away from that so i was able to forgive him and uh i was able to love him and i'm able to pray for him genuinely mm-hmm. that that god would bless him and and turn him around but what what how I overcame that was forgiveness and praying. I've, I've told people so often when people say, I can't forgive this person. I say, try praying for him. Mm-hmm. It sounds crazy, yep. but just try praying for him just for a week. Just pray yeah. for that person for one week. Absolutely. It's absolutely true. And all of a sudden I started learning to forgive the guy. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was, it was a lot of, uh, was a lot of, work but mostly it was you know what i can't even say that it was god it was god that 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 miraculously somehow allowed me to forgive him it didn't happen overnight it took time but it but it was it was a matter of saying how do i forgive him because that's the only way that i can be free i can't be free any other way it is Mm -hmm. so i was able to think that's a mind issue it's not it's it's a heart issue and and it's you know like you said that's where it starts you know back on you know my ex you know i there was six months that i walked and talked with father and i said i can't forgive her i can't i can't what she did to me and then i forgave her all right and then a week later he prompted me to pray for i've been praying for every day since so as he said all right when you start to pray for this person and generally pray for them you've forgiven them as far as you know yeah it's just all part of the spirit package man it just takes over and and reprograms your heart and your mind and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you start feeling things that you are ludicrous you know in in the in the the grand scheme of things you know i shouldn't feel this way about this person but it's the it's the true love and nature of jesus that's coming out in you and causing you to love them from a distance and pray for them because mm-hmm. the forgiveness isn't for them uh-huh. you know it's for you right and i actually did send her a letter i knew i wouldn't get a response but i sent her a letter saying i forgive you and so yeah, on. that was a good point that he brought up is is to write that down mm-hmm. and write a letter you'll never send you know but well, i did but yeah wow uh-huh would you say 20 minutes <laughs> I, I, yeah, I just looked at my clock. I was like, well, yeah, it's been about almost sure. an hour. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, you weren't getting out of here in no 20 minutes. This <laughs> is good stuff, man. Your you information's can, too good. We can't let yeah, you go. Yeah. We can't let you slide. Everybody on Mixler's hanging out with us. we got a ton of people. They're listening. They're chatting. And uh, I just, awesome. they're riveted to the show. And I just, uh, 
uh, man, promise me you'll come back maybe after absolutely. the conference sometime and uh, absolutely give us an update. And uh, we're going to have uh, Craig and Noel in here. Cool. Uh, couple weeks. Couple yep. of weeks. I think he should come back after he um, has obtained his uh, doctorate degree. Yes, I can commit to that. Yeah, that'd be yes. awesome. After I do my dissertation, I'll come back. And then uh, <laughs> Pastor Don has kind of semi-committed to uh, come in second time after yep. the conference. I'd yep. love to have her. And, Good. It's going to be awesome. Man, what a team. It just uh, it just blows me away. What a great team. Well, you guys are awesome, too. So thank so, you for having me. Can you just give some general information about CR and where you meet and the times and sure. the things you got going on for anybody that's listening that yeah, might be absolutely. wondering? And so we meet at First United Methodist Church. It's uh, every Thursday night. We have a dinner from 5.30 to 6.45. You don't want to miss that. <laughs> yeah, it's really good food. Tonight we actually had meatloaf and uh, mashed potatoes and peas and cake, and it's a, it's a full-blown dinner. Uh, it's, it's a $5 love offering. However, if you do not have uh, any money or you can't uh, pay for it, you're more than welcome to still eat, so don't let that deter you. Um, but it's from five to six from five thirty to six forty five is our dinner. We start large group, which is a contemporary church service, essentially uh, at seven p.m. in the sanctuary. Uh, at one week we have a live testimony. The next week we have a, a teaching. Pastor Don and myself do the teachings. Uh, this week Pastor Don's teaching. Um, so next week is will be a holiday because it's Halloween. But usually it's every other week a testimony and a teaching. And then at 8 o'clock, from 8 to 9, we go into our gender-specific, issue-specific groups. And like I said, we have 12 groups. We have five for women, five for men. And then at 9 o'clock, we all meet downstairs at the cafe uh, and uh, have, you know, fruit and vegetables and cookies and, and cafe till 9.30. At 9.30, it's over, so... I still have to go back after this and clean up. So Pastor Don, <laughs> I can't believe when you said that. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> I got. They're they're actually allowing me to get paid for this as long as I set up and and, and shut down. So well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and just a, a quick side note on that. That's in Claremont, Florida. So not necessarily a, a First United Methodist Church that may be near you, but uh -huh. definitely in Claremont, Florida. Thank you for that. Yep, right <laughs> on fifty. If you know where the fountain is, the right hand turn there, and it's right there. It's sanctuary. been such a pleasure yeah. having you. Yeah, thanks for coming, Thank bro. Thank you, Tommy. This Thank is, you guys. This is awesome, and it's all in God's timing. It was. Amen. It is. And I'll be back. Uh, I'll, I'll wear in my cap if uh, I can. That's what I'm talking good. about. When, <laughs> that way we can good. get a picture of yeah. you in the studio with it and there everything. And uh, we you're, just love it, man. Yeah, your listeners can see your studio. Yes. You post that out there. Sounds good. Yeah, we love them. We appreciate everybody for everything that they do for us and, mm -hmm. and encouraging us to keep going, you know, and uh, praying for us and supporting us financially. Such a blessing. So, And uh, thanks to everybody on the Mixler. And uh, I'm sorry I couldn't get over there and chat with you tonight. <laughs> Robert Herman, Dr. T. <laughs> 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 I love it. He's Yep, he's a Dr. T for sure. I love it. So, well, thanks for hanging out with us. And that about wraps it up for session 222. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. God bless. God bless. God bless. Seems like all I could see was the struggle. Haunted by ghosts that lived in my past. prisoner and say to me son stop fighting a fight it's already been won and I am redeemed you set me free so I'll shake off these heavy chains and wipe away Stain that I'm not who.
Redeemed. 